Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. We live in a world of fees. Airlines, hotels, food delivery, and especially car dealers all charge excessive last-minute fees. When you want something badly enough, it feels like your only choice is to pay up. But what if you had a choice to take a stand instead? At Carvana, we believe in treating you better. With zero hidden fees, you can drive off without feeling ripped off. That's what it means to live fearlessly with Carvana. I have pen fed, that's a fact. I have pen fed, that's a fact. My credit card purchases get me cash back. My credit card purchases get me cash back. No one else gets these rewards. Sergeant, that is just plain untrue. What in tarnation? Sir, PenFed's Power Cash Rewards Card isn't just for military members. Anyone can get cash back on all purchases. Ah, friggins! You've ruined my favorite song. PenFed Credit Union. Visit penfed.org slash powercash. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. It's Rula 2. We are here. It is live. We are here with the Jedi Council Podcast 1 feed, but it's Rula 2. Mark Fernandez is here, and we were just having a little chat here. What up, what up? Uh... You had some uh, some interesting stuff going on over the weekend. You kept yeah. tweeting out these images of I some went Star into, Wars. I went into a man. I went into a, a Star Wars rabbit hole this weekend. I love dude. it. You got sweaty. I got super sweaty. Yeah. I, I I started going off on a what if scenario, like a fan fiction in my head. Okay. Of what if Anakin Skywalker? Not because there's two there's two huge pivotal moments in Anakin's life. Right. Okay. One of them is when Mace Windu says, if if this is true, you would have earned my trust. Mm. Okay? Because mm-hmm. he tells him, he's like, you know, Palpatine is the is the Sith Lord we've been looking for. Yeah. And then, you know, Mace Windu gets a couple of other Jedi. He's like, all right, I'm gonna go over there and do what I gotta do. Right. And um and uh, Anakin says, yo, like, he's too powerful. Like, I got to come with you. Right. And he's like, no, no, no. It's it's unpredictable for you to get into the situation because you sensed, you know, the conflict inside of him. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. But he goes off anyway. And then, like, we all know how that story goes. Right. And then the other huge turning point for him is, um, I mean, look, there's another huge turning point just minutes thereafter, which is like, you know, he's too dangerous to be kept alive. And Anakin is like. No, no, no. You got to keep him alive because, you know, the emperor has twisted his mind oh, yeah. to think that the only way to save Padme is through him. Is through him. Yeah. Right? So he needs him alive, even if he's in jail. And what Anakin says is like, no, he's got he's to be brought to justice. Right. And Mace like, no, no, too dangerous. Yeah. At least if bring to justice, he can sneak off to a cell and go, OK, give me that. Give me the death cure. What is right. that? Right. I mean, if he's still alive, you know, there's still hope, right? There's still hope. Um Check, check. Sorry, guys. All right. So, um, okay. And then obviously the next big fork in the road is on Mustafar, him and Obi-Wan. Come on, Anakin. I have the high ground. Please don't do it. Right, right. You underestimate my power. He got a little too uh, big for his britches there. He got a little cocky. He thought he could do it. And then he, you know, does his thing, right? And then he obviously gets cut in half. and, And we all know what happens after that. Yeah. So I started riffing in my head what if it never even got. To Mustafar, okay, and Anakin and Mace Windu mm-hmm. somehow um, Mace is able to control Anakin from falling into his dark side feelings, and somehow 
um, they're able to capture Palpatine. Okay, I like it. But Palpatine is still able to execute Order sixty six. Behind bars or something? However. Well, yeah. All he has to do right. is get it out there somehow. Because now we're in an alternate reality. Right, right. You know? I like this. So basically, long story short, I had a thing where um, Anakin um, – that that the emperor kills Yoda oh, during, oh. during Order 66. Yeah. OK. The emperor kills Yoda during Order 66. OK. And only Mace, Obi-Wan, Anakin – and Padme are left. Ooh, I like Padme this. Padme has two kids. Okay. Right? Luke and Leia. Luke and Leia. Okay. And this is basically all you have left of the Jedi in hiding. <sighs> and that Anakin is still, like, throughout his adult life. I mean, like, they're fighting against the Empire. But, but he's, he's raising his kids? He's raising his kids. Wow, that's cool. And I like this. And what he's if? Still, and he's still struggling inside with his darkness. Sure. You know? Like, but so Padme doesn't die. Padme doesn't die. All right. You know, and, so you would think that dark side energy would maybe go away, but the, you're introducing an interesting question. Yeah. Was he always destined to fall to the dark right. side? Because, you, I mean, first of all, you, you, like you bring up a great point, and now we're just riffing on fanfic. Sure. Um, but it's if, if Anakin sees, well, Padme didn't die like she was supposed to, she's still alive. I don't, maybe I didn't need the Emperor. The Emperor's like this guy, and, you know, there's still something in the back of his head. Mm-hmm. That says like the emperor is the only way I can save An- you know Padme. Mm-hmm. So it's a conflict that stays with him for a while. I but then it. what happens is is that um, is that Qui Gon gets in the mix. So Qui Gon becomes the new Yoda type. Yeah, you know. But anyway, like I don't know if anybody follows me on social. I did um, an image based on Battlefront 2. I got a Battlefront 2 image and I yeah. doctor it up. Right. And I had Anakin. If he were to be around during the sequel trilogy in that time frame, as an old you know ge- you know geriatric Jedi, <laughs> yeah, but he's he still got that look in his eye, and he still hates sand. Yeah, he's <laughs> <laughs> sorry. So he's, that was yeah, right. he still hates sand. No, I I like that, and I love the what if scenarios. And Dark Horse did a great run. I mentioned it quite a bit. The Star Wars Infinities, and you, you change one thing, and how can that? How will that change the story? Mm. Like, and my favorite is the Empire Strikes Back one because. They kill Luke. Right. They, you know, Luke actually dies from the, the Wampa injuries. And so – Which one? Which one is this? This is the Empire Strikes Back Infinities. Which, which was a Dark Horse? Dark Horse yeah. run. What if runs. What if runs. It's essentially the what if scenario. And yeah. they do it for each movie in the original trilogy. For A New Hope, Luke misses. Yeah. He doesn't blow up the Death Star. Uh, in Return of the Jedi, it's uh, 3PO – Ends up uh, getting blown up uh, when the thermal detonator that Boosh is holding or Leia yeah. uh, falls um, quite by accident. So it, it, it changes the things. And what you got me with was by the end of Return of the Jedi, the Infinities version, Luke and Leia save Darth Vader and or Anakin. Right. But he doesn't die. So Anakin walks in, still needs the breathing stuff. So he walks in dressed in all white Vader outfit. Interesting, and it's really cool. cool. Just something for you guys out there if you like it. Um, uh, you know the what if stuff. We could talk all about that. Yeah, the you, the yeah. fact that you bring up Anakin Skywalker, the fact that you bring up, you know, these what if scenarios. We got a hot doozy one for you. These what if scenarios here yeah. for today's show because and for this one, uh, um, uh, Riley and I might be on opposite sides of the table. Oh yeah, in the unexpected side. Oh of yeah. It. Yeah. I'm sure we are. So why don't we just get right to it? It's episode 49 of Rule of Two. 
Rise. Yes. That's right. Welcome one and all. It's Rule of Two, episode 49. I'm your host, Mark Yodi Riley, also known as Darth Rylas, here with Mark Sidious. Joining me as always, thank you, my friend, for joining us here today. Yeah, man. Thank you. And yeah. thanks to the listeners out there for making this possible. And Yeah. And uh, hopefully we'll get some questions cooking. We will. We're going to go yeah. into the chat. I see the Big Mac Army rise in here. <laughs> right. Thank you, Brian Jackson. I'm looking at the chat. Thank you for joining us. Yep, we drop every Monday. Sometimes we do a pre-tape, but today we are live. It is 5 p.m. It is PST time. Yeah. So let's get into it because – there was stuff going on mm. on the interwebs and you brought this this up to me. Mm-hmm. Now, I know Red Letter Media came out with a little uh, video today where they're doing speculation for Rise of Skywalker. And I know they're a little tongue-in-cheek and I really enjoy their work. I think they that what they do is great. Yeah, same here. And I thought that they were – I couldn't tell. I was watching this and I'm like, they're, damn, they're making some good points here about time travel Yeah. in Rise of Skywalker. Now, if you want to check out that video, you can already go Red Letter Media. Check it and, out. And Mashable also did a story on it. Mashable did a story. I found some stories. I mean way back when the Rise of Skywalker trailer dropped. This was back in April. THR did an article. The arrival of the Emperor hints that a big Star Wars Rebels moment might be coming to the big screen. Mm. And this is why I, I, I wanted to talk about it because there is precedent set in canon. Yeah. We saw in Rebels – the introduction of what's known as the world within worlds. Right. Ezra is able to save Ahsoka by Lothal, using the yeah, Lothal. Yeah. There's a Jedi temple. There's something there. There's a portal there. Ezra is able to find it. Question is, could that be done and utilized in the rise of Skywalker? Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. But see, here's the thing. When we talk about time travel, yeah. a lot of people are using Endgame. Right now because they, they're able to fix certain things, certain timelines. And you know what? Endgame worked for me because we were able to figure it out. I mean Scott yeah. Lang, a.k.a. Ant-Man, bought the idea. Endgame is – I loved it. It's great. It I great. loved it too. I will start this off because I think the conversation will go off from there. Yeah. If time travel is utilized in The Rise of Skywalker, oh, here we go. I'm out. You're out. I'm punching my ticket out of the Disney sequels and I will probably be really? on there. Yeah. I could not hate an idea more. OK. First of all, I'm, it, 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 joy, it brings joy to my heart to hear you say that you have a breaking point. I do have a breaking point because if and, – and, and maybe this is what Red Letter Media is going for and a lot of people brought that up, the idea of retconning. And I saw it all over in my research for today's show. Um, I was looking at these theories. And World Within Worlds is mentioned a number of times, and that is in doable. every article. Everybody brings up the Star Wars Rebel yep. article because, as far as we know, it is the only uh, example within a moving picture version of Star Wars yep. that has time travel. It does, and it's a version of time travel. It really is, and I know that it's rooted in some of the Force. It's rooted, you know, some of our characters talk about it, you know, Ezra, but. I never liked it. I don't like time travel in Star Wars. It just doesn't feel right to me. Yeah. And if you're telling me then that J.J. Abrams is going to pull a Star Trek either to not be as divisive at the end of this movie, to retcon anything from The Last Jedi, that will be awful for me. Disappointing. It will be so disappointing. I want Luke Skywalker alive and well as much as the next guy. But if you tell me that all of a sudden he's back in the flesh – and they, I just find, I find if they use time travel, that that to me is Disney 
turning to the fans and going, all right, you run it. We right. listen to you. And I want them to listen to us, but I don't want them to change whatever they're doing. Time travel to me sounds like a horrible Horrible idea in the Star Wars universe. Who's with me in the chat? <laughs> so first of all, I'm with you in spirit. I'm because, with you <laughs> because I, I love, I love you taking a stand mm. to say, look, there is a breaking point for me of how much I'm willing to let you shovel down my throat. Yeah, and you know, like like the old Sopranos line, take a shit on my head and call it a hat. Yeah, you know, there's only so many hats that I'm willing to wear. Yeah, I've been wearing a hat for a while, and I don't want it to be shit. <laughs> right. So look, um, this is my take on 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 time travel inside Star Wars. Mm-hmm. I think you brought up an excellent point, which is um, Star Trek. Now, when I was growing up, it was always. Are you a Star Trek guy or are you a Star Wars guy? Right, right. right? Are you an Indiana Jones guy or are you a James Bond guy? Right? Yeah. yeah. You, you had to be either or. You couldn't be both and, right? Yeah. I've it's always just stuff I hate. I hate when you have I to – I hate that too. You have to choose. Why? I'm not like that. They're you know? movies. They're fun. I choose all. Yeah. I, I had a Nintendo and I had a Sega. There like, it is. It wasn't either or. It was both and, right? Mm-hmm. Now, when it comes to time travel – Time travel is something that makes a lot of sense in the Star Trek universe. Yeah. It's so rooted in physics mm-hmm. and physics with with uh, singularities and black holes and, and event horizons and, and, and the general theory of relativity. You can start understanding that time travel is in that mix. Sure. Right? Yeah. Now, when you're dealing with something like the force, it's a little bit different. Yeah. Right? Time travel could be seen in the form of like visions or like, you know, like some kind of like – abstraction in your brain mm-hmm. now where the Lothal scene and like look all you guys know I'm not a huge fan of Star or Star Wars Rebels but I did watch this episode in preparation for this show right, right. so I saw the episode in question and the episode in question actually a cool episode has Ezra um, I believe at a Jedi temple in Lothal where yep. Ezra is from mm-hmm. Uh, going to the bottom of the temple or something. Yeah, it's and underneath the, the temple. There's this big portal. Yeah, it's the it's like you access it through the ancient painting of the Mortis gods. It's the uh, God. What was it called? It was like the it was like the son, the father, and the sister. It was like that. that right, right. Which comes those from characters clone, comes from Clone Wars. Comes from Clone Wars. Yeah. yeah. And I like it's I like great Clone Wars episode. Yeah, that one's one of my favorites. Yeah, but yeah. I like the idea of the world between worlds, and I like that it was utilized in Rebels. That was one of my favorite episodes. And it's not necessarily time travel, in the sense in the in the in the common idea of like like in Endgame, they all do their thing, and it's like nope, here we go, we're going back in time, back to the future. Right. Star Trek Four: The Voyage Home. The original Star Trek, you know, where we see the, you know, Star Trek uh, First Contact. Star Trek First Contact, which does time travel extremely well. It it really does. So time travel, so I can understand and maybe get behind, in good execution, that is, a world between worlds kind of thing. But when you tell me time travel, it's like, I don't know. And see, and this is the thing that Red Letter Media did well. It's yeah. like they're pulling images of like the Millennium Falcon that has the the circular dish back. You know, because remember it lost its uh, radar. Yeah. What do you mean? It lost its radar. No, no, I, in, I, I, in Return of the of Jedi. Of course, I'm like I'm aware that the new yeah. Millennium Falcon has a different and they sensor, bring right? and they bring up Ray with her lightsaber fixed and. They bring up the fact that in the right, shot, because, like she does have Anakin's lightsaber fixed. Right, it's fi- now it's fixed. 
Right, which, which you can fix. You can fix a lightsaber. <laughs> so we're going to assume that. But – and to the same point, when they bring up the circular radar dish that was lost in Return of the Jedi that's now on the Falcon, you can fix the Falcon and put a circular one on there. Sure. It's not out of the realm of possibility here. But but it is an interesting – It's a great topic that I wanted to talk yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. You know? Um, OK. One thing that does bother me about this Star, Star Wars Rebels episode that I didn't love mm-hmm. um, and it's – because when when you're seeing this portal, the portal takes you to some other to some other period in the space time continuum or or in the force or whatever. It takes you to an alternate reality. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And he's watching Ahsoka Tano fight Darth Vader. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, what I didn't love about it is how he's able to grab Ahsoka and pull her through the portal. And have her now inhabit his world. Right. It, because now that makes it time portals. Yeah, they are. I mean, I, I guess that's but, what the, the, they're using. But I just. I, but here's, here's the, for me, the biggest supporting evidence that they actually might use time travel in, in episode nine. Okay. And it's the fact that if you go to IMDb and you look up this actor from from Doctor Who, I forget his name. Matt right Smith. Now. Matt Smith. Yep, that's the going rumor is that he's playing a young version of the Emperor. I mean, it's IMDb usually gets pretty good data. Yeah. They're saying that he's playing Palpatine. Yeah. So a clone of Palpatine. Is it a clone of Palpatine? Look, how many times am I going to bring up Dark Empire? I know. I Here's know. the hundredth and seventieth. Right, but now there's an alternative. Like I always thought it was clone too. Yeah. Up until lately, where it's like, well, maybe if they are doing time travel, maybe it is actually Palpatine, and then maybe you do actually see Plagueis. <laughs> All right. I, oh God, I can't. I hate time. But travel it's just for like Star it's Wars. too. It's too late in the game. Yeah. To bring in st- time travel, right? It, it absolutely is. You're telling me that the last movie of the saga is okay. going to introduce time travel <laughs> at a time in the middle of fans yeah. yelling and screaming at each other on Twitter saying that The Last Jedi sucks or no, it doesn't. It's one of the best. And they're going back and forth, back and forth. And that wave of people yelling and screaming and wanting some f- form of retconning or this or that, they're going to introduce time travel for the last movie of the series? Right, right, right. Kiss my ass. I say that and with all You're out. Due resp- You're out if it, it would be a colossal mistake. Yeah. I would be absolutely beside myself. It, it, I, like if you introduce to me the world between worlds, OK. So, so, I'm listening. So it's a little metaphysical. I'm listening. Right. It's canon. It's part of Rebels. I enjoyed that episode. The whole idea of time travel in the Star Wars universe doesn't work with me, even the world with between worlds. Because you've introduced something, even though it's on Rebels and it's not live action, it is, you know, for lack of a better term, geared towards a younger audience. That you know, a forty-plus-year-old man did watch. Yeah, but that to me is—it just gives an out that I don't right. like. Because if you lean on time travel, and you bet your ass, Endgame did that. Oh, without a doubt, they did. Yeah. Look, they they erased half the Marvel universe at the end of Infinity War, and they went, "Nope, Endgame." And it's about the execution, and it's a comic book movie, and it's been utilized, and it's been done many, many times. The only time for time travel or time anything 
The World Between Worlds in Rebel. Nowhere else yeah. have I seen it. And I, maybe some of the sweaties in the chat might have some legend stuff so, and, and this, this, or that. So that look, there, can... is, there is a precedent for this, yeah. which is a little scary to me. Oh, boy. OK? Yeah. Because J.J. Abrams, obviously a big Star Trek guy, okay, a huge Star Trek fan. And a Star Wars fan. I mean so, his Star Trek 2009, a lot of people said there's a lot of Star Wars in there. Yeah. It yeah. felt Star Warsy. Yeah. So which is fine. The the most um critically acclaimed episode of Star Trek post the original series. I'm talking Next Generation, DS9, Voyager, yeah. blah blah blah. Is the season finale of the Next Generation called All Good Things. Mm-hmm. Okay? Now all yeah, no. I know this. This is a bit, this is a legendary between the fans. Like, yeah. I mean, they love this this one. All good things won the Hugo Award, right. for best um, you know um, short narrative or whatever. Mm-hmm. Won best uh, Hugo for I believe best screenplay as well, um, like like in a fiction or whatever. Um, and it's absolutely an incredible episode of Star Trek. If you haven't seen it. Uh, all Good Things is probably my favorite episode of all of Star Trek. And I think it's unarguable that it might be the best episode of all of Star Trek. I mean, it's that good. It's yeah. that great. Um, it does time travel extremely, extremely, extremely well. Okay. And it does time travel so well to serve one purpose. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that purpose is to wrap everything up. Right. You know, because it gives you that, it gives you that closure. Mm-hmm. Of past, present, and future. Sure. Right? Like it's not just a narrative that's happening in the future or in the present or whatever. It's happening in the past and the present and the future. So it allows the nostalgia to get built into what's going to happen next, to what's happening now, to what happened before. And it kind of time travel for Star Wars might serve some kind of narrative device like that <clears throat> of seeing. A young Palpatine under the tutelage of, of Plagueis. Of Plagueis. But like the thing is, is like episode seven and eight. You've already done flashbacks though. Are, can are like that? so flat kind of look. And like I know oh, you love yeah. these movies. Not that they're flat, but they're fairly one dimensional. Hmm. Like the stories are not super grandiose. Like the stories in the prequels that like span galaxies and there's like stuff. You know, there's like governments involved and like entire armies against each other. Right. I, I, by, I mean, it's like it works differently for me. I think they are far reaching and, and very deep and all this stuff. But when you brought up the government, like the prequels, that's been one of my things. It's like, what is the, the, the governing body of this galaxy yeah. anymore? I mean, well, they blew it all up. They blew it all up. So that's just like, <laughs> takes care of that. But are they using, is, is JJ saying, hey, let's use time travel? To give you that all good things neatly wrapped, um, you know. Look, there's there's another precedent. There's a like 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 if you look at it, a lot of finales resort to time travel. A <laughs> lot of finales resort to time travel. Let's look at um, a show a, like Six Feet Under. Did Six, Six Feet, Feet Under, Under use time travel? Well, not time travel in the traditional way because you know obviously it's like a drama. But sure. They they uh, extrapolated like fifty years into the future. Oh, okay. Well, like, that's a flash forward, spoiler right? Spoiler warning. I'm not going to say it. It's one of the greatest TV shows ever made, so yeah. I'm not going to spoil it. But there is a time travel passage of time element to it, right? You look at Parks and Rec. Yeah. Parks and Rec has this whole weird time travel thing to the finale. I mean, it's like we're splitting hairs here. It's, it's the way it needs to be used. Yeah. And, you know, I could see maybe JJ. Maybe they are going to do it. 
I'm sorry to cut you off. Maybe they are going to do it. Not, no, not, it, it's, it's, that's lazy storytelling. When you yeah. can't figure out where your story's going, you know what we can do? Time travel. You know where it doesn't work? <laughs> Freaking Star Wars. <laughs> right. it, it, it doesn't work. And if, if all of a sudden J.J. comes out and goes, well, we figured – or not J.J., but you know what I mean. The, the, the filmmakers come out and all of a sudden Finn comes in and goes, well, you know what? We figured something out. If we soup up the hyperdrive here on the Millennium Falcon right. and we whip around the universe, it will time travel back and we can go pick up Luke on, on Octu and bring him – I'll be like, you got to be kidding me because this is the thing and I've seen some of this in the chat. We are so far in. You even said it. We are so far in. Yeah. This is the ninth movie in a nine-movie saga, and you're going to introduce time travel in the last one. That is lazy. Right. That is leaning on something to fix whatever problems you think the fandom has when I still believe that there are people out there that don't like The Last Jedi, but they're not – Huge, a huge army of them. I know there are people that don't like it, and I respect their decision, and I respect their taste, and I respect their arguments, all that. I can see it. Yeah. But if you're going to listen to them and go, let's fix it in time travel, kiss my ass. Oh, yeah. it's the worst. I mean, look, and like, let's, let's also talk about who's writing this movie. Chris Terrio I mean, with like, JJ. I, look, obviously, the man's a super talent. Um, because you know, I think he's been nominated for an Oscar for Argo, and mm-hmm. yes, you know, he wrote and, Batman v Superman. I love that movie. I know a lot of people don't like yeah, it, you know, and I don't understand it. Wrote, I love it. He also wrote Justice League. Well, ju- yeah, he which did. Full on debacle. Yeah, but Justice League, Joss Whedon came in and, and ruined that. In, in my opinion, they got rid of Zack Snyder. Yeah, Zack Snyder and Chris Terrio, whatever they had planned, they didn't get to finish it. They brought Joss Whedon in yeah. to go, you know what we need? We need some Avengers flavor. No. No. Right, and right. you ruined it. And guess yeah, what? Yeah, you, left, you left yeah. so many millions of dollars on the table by bringing in Joss Whedon. Joss Whedon, I love. I loved his Avengers. I didn't want him anywhere near the uh, Justice League because they Me brought either. him in to yeah. Avenger it up. Bring back the Snyder Cut. I'm all for it. You have I my, am too. You have my signature. Yeah, you, you have, have mine too. Signature. You have my signature. Um, but, but that's – so I'm, I don't look at Terrio as – that's studio. Yeah. That was Warner Brothers getting scared because of the reactions to Batman v Superman and so they changed course midstream. You know? so, so I look at Chris Terrio yeah. is a – Chris Terrio is a talented writer. He wrote Argo. It's a fantastic movie. He knows what he's doing. But if he throws time travel in there, Chris Terrio's out. <laughs> I mean I put a lot of the blame on JJ. I mean like but, but I would too. But let's think about this for a second. All right. Um what is the likelihood that they're actually going to use time travel? Like 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 to give be, me give me like an over under percentage of likelihood. To be honest with you, I, I don't think there's any way they're going to do this. I think it's very low also. I, I think it's so low. I think that this is just a fun conversation. I think that, you know, RLM did their video and they are tongue in cheek and they do and the reason they did this video and brought up time travel is because it's a ridiculous idea to introduce yeah. to the Star Wars. And so they're sitting there To their credit though, they did nail the Han Solo trailer, remember? The Han Solo trailer? No, I missed it. They, Maybe they did wait. They did one of like my favorite video video that they've ever done uh-huh. um, is they did a reaction to the Han Solo trailer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, they're yeah. You they're know, great. And, and like you know, but but they did a reaction to the Han Solo trailer before the trailer had even come out. Yeah, that's what I love. You know, and then they did a like a follow up with the actual trailer. It was almost like one for one. Well, that's why I like those guys because they you know they they make fun of us and and it's rightly so. It's like these 
we sit there, we react to these trailers, we speculate, we go deep. You know, it's like, oh yeah, Darth Plagueis is actually Snoke, and I know it, and I'm going to buy his action figure, and then I'm going to go on Amazon and sell it, and all whatever it may be. And it's fun. It's tongue in cheek, and that's what it is because I can make fun of myself as well when I get sweaty over this kind of stuff. Yeah. But then there's. The reality of that I love Star Wars and if you're going to put in time travel, that is a ridiculous thing. It would go against everything that's set up. George Lucas would never let that happen. Yeah. I don't think he would ever, ever, ever. And if Disney did it. George Lucas would have gone subatomic though. He would have figured something out. He would have gone subatomic he wouldn't with the midichlorians. Yeah. Like, like the midichlorians, I'm convinced that the midichlorians would be a bigger part of this new trilogy if Lucas was involved. Yeah, and I think I, I – and I think I'm going to the literal definition of time travel and thinking about the Back to the Futures, the end games and yeah. whatever movie you have, time travel of like, don't step on that butterfly. It will change the course right, of history. Right, right. Don't and all talk these, to yourself. Don't talk to yourself and all these things. So I can't wrap my head around it. You know, you know, I couldn't wrap my head around like Ray going back in time and seeing a, a de-aged Mark Hamill, you know, sitting on Dega. But what are you doing here? You know, that doesn't work in that in the most conventional Time travel sense. But if Lucas is involved and there's something there, world between worlds, OK, but it, Even yeah, that, it, it's hard. So, so it's explain hard. to me why is there – why is Matt Smith playing – is Matt Smith like – OK. So my likelihood that there is time travel in Rise of Skywalker – it's probably like between two to five percent. Like, I'm with you. I would I would put it at two. Yeah. So very 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 low. Now, given everything that I've read, the f- the chances of Matt Smith playing pop a young Palpatine, I'd put that at about sixty to seventy percent. I would too. And he's a clone. You he, think he's a clone? He's absolutely. Yeah. So they are the, bringing back the Dark Empire story. This is the thing that the canon has done. That John Favreau said to many, many cheers at Star Wars Celebration, he referenced using legend material, and they've done this. They have done this by making Ben Solo fall to the dark side just like Jason Solo did in Legends. Mm. We've seen it. So I think that they could very well cherry pick like they did Jason Solo and made him Ben, Mm. cherry pick Dark Empire. The emperor had a contingency plan in place. He cloned himself. He was able to use dark side magic. I think dark the dark side, whereas we have force ghosts that the light side can do, right? They, mm-hmm. they pass on to another plane of existence, are able to come and, and give some guidance to, to those other Jedi that might need it and maybe flash a finger and burn a tree down, whatever what do you say. What's the dark side version of that? Right. Would it be – Sustaining life and maybe that's what – see, this is what I could get behind is that – and it ties the saga together. Okay. Palpatine beat death because of his teachings with uh, Plagueis. Plagueis the wise. And he realized that that missing piece was he needed a vessel. Yeah. You could also tie Snoke into that thing. I would buy it if Snoke was revealed to be the emperor and that that body was a clone that was falling apart. That was dead. That was decayed, and that you know, that was a you know a clone that was you know doing with, his thing with Snoke. The best theory that I have for Snoke now, um, after playing uh, Vader Immortal, yeah, is that yeah. Snoke is the Black Bishop. The Black Bishop, okay, because he's got like, if you play Vader Immortal, 
you see that the black bishop is quite big in stature. I mean, it's hard to see because like you're looking at them from the top mm-hmm. as him and Vader are sort of talking to each other. But there is something about the voice that kind of sounded like it. Like I know, I think Jedi Council had a whole episode about this, but I'm the black bishop. Like you know, Goyer, who was actually supposed to write Episode Nine, was he? No, 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 no I'm sorry, that. I'm sorry. Goyer, Goyer had, wrote Vader Immortal. He wrote Vader Immortal. He was he was writing uh, Justice League. Right, right. So he was writing Justice League, yeah. and then uh, Terrio took over for for him. So. Not connected, but somehow connected. Sure. Um, Goyer, who wrote Vader Immortal, I think he did a great job with it. Yeah. Um, introduces this character of the Black Bishop who interacts very heavily with Vader. And even though you seem – they kind of seem like equals, mm-hmm. it's also like, who is this guy? Like, I've never heard of this guy. Like, mm-hmm. this guy just came out of nowhere. And like, look, gotcha. If there's some kind of fanfic out there or some kind of canon fiction out there that explains who he is, OK, I've never read it because I had no idea sure. who this guy was. Right. Um, so him evolving into Snoke I think could actually be a really, really, really cool connection, like a, like a, a great twist for Vader Immortal to I love that. give us at the end. Like, you know, that's great resolution. Now, um, I've seen some people in the chat here talking about it, which is kind of what I think as well, is that one thing that Star Wars did show us for the first time in the last one mm-hmm. is flashbacks. Yeah. They kind of te- – they, they got us ready for it in Force Awakens with Rey's vision. Right, but Ray's, Ray's vision is a vision, which I would equate more to like the cave. Sure, you know, but or, I mean, but that with Unkar plot holding her, and we see the ship disappear in the distance on Jakku. That's a, a flashback. Yeah, that yeah, could work in a, it's a vision. You know, it's you know, it's semantics here. We're cut. We're we're splitting sure. hairs. I can see Matt Smith playing a young Palpatine in a flashback of sorts. I could see that as well. But then it begs the question: Why? I and that's where the why I think is Plagueis related. I mean, it's got to be. Why are we going to go back there unless there's something? Okay, you, you know what? Let me start over for, yeah. for one second. Why? What logical explanation do you think they would have for using time travel? Oh, God, I can't. There's none. I mean, what to go? You know, I saw it in the chat, and I think it's hysterical to, to consider. You know, go back in time to kill the emperor. To right. kill Plagueis, to stop the dark side, to stop the Sith. Right. You know, something that we haven't really talked about. But like Don Cheadle in Endgame when he's like talking about strangling. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> strangling. strangling Hitler. You know, that's yeah. essentially, essentially what it is. Right. You know, the big question is if you had time travel, would you go back and murder baby Hitler? Right, right. That right. was a big question. And sure, sure. There was a Deadpool, deleted scene. Deadpool, Deadpool was yeah, going to yeah, do yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. So – And even Deadpool struggles with it. Yeah, and even Deadpool struggles. <laughs> so it's like um, – oh, I had a point, but – how does the Sith Trooper figure into this? Because we oh, did right. see that StarWars.com, they released this. It's going to be a Comic-Con exclusive or something. There is a red Stormtrooper known as a Sith Trooper. And now that there's some news out there that uh, they only – the Sith Troopers only answer to Kylo Ren and the Knights of Ren. So with the word Sith out there, finally – Right, right. And I tweeted about that too because yeah. I'm like you can't disrespect that word unless you're actually going to use it. Yeah. So – and I hope – yeah. I hope it's not like the Praetorian Guards that show up, do some cool moves and then are killed. Right. Let's see why they're involved. Why are they called Sith Troopers? Now, maybe it's because the Sith Troopers are guarding a clone factory of Emperor Palpatine's. Yeah. That was what happened in Dark Empire. Again, there was numerous clones and Luke started cutting them all down. 
when he realized the emperor's plan and then he missed one of them and there's the emperor rises Is it possible up. that Kylo actually has a renaissance of sorts and wants to return to the old ways of – Bring the, in Sith. And bring in the Sith and that he goes looking for Palpatine and – Somehow discovers a way to clone him, and I would love that. Are you kidding me? That sounds yes. like a good story. That's great. Yeah, I could get behind that. But if you're telling me that it's like Kylo Ren was able to figure out time travel, he went back, he plucked the Emperor from the throne room before <laughs> Vader and Luke <laughs> enter, and now here he is, and we're all. Do- yeah, oh, it's I could, not going to happen. There's now, no way. There's no way. There's, no, there's way. no way. I think I think Red Letter Media did their thing as a complete joke, and I think a lot of people picked up on it. And then what happens? World between worlds. Yeah. There is precedent for it. And then we have the internet do its thing. Yeah. And everybody's but, but talking Mashable about it. Mashable did – like Mashable wrote a story about it, right? Or no? Am I wrong with that? I'm going to look. Mashable, Star Wars. Didn't you say THR also travel. did a story? T- yes. So t- they did do a story and I have it. Hold on a minute. Star Wars just introduced time travel. Don't freak out, says Mashable. The TV show Rebels. It's about – yeah, it's about Rebels. It's about Rebels. So – and I understand that. And you know, and I look when I watch Rebels, and I and we get World Between Worlds and what's going on in Lothal. I still don't call it time travel. Yeah, even though it kind of was. Kind of was. You know, it's for me. It was a little bit more. It's almost like teleportation and time travel. Yeah, right? yeah. You're like, like teleporting to another part of the galaxy it, to a different time. He's not going time, that far back in the past. No, it was like the, kind of like a I don't know, what, because, a couple hours or something. Because Ahsoka was already like yeah, Ahsoka. She was already a mature version of Ahsoka with white lightsabers fighting yeah, fighting Darth. But see, the thing with time travel that gets ugly is that you can undo things in stories that can be. You know, you could look at as uh, you could misconstrue it. I would say as like retconning or fixing things. You know, there's lighthearted time travel. Back to the Future, yeah. right? It's great. It. Yeah, it's great. It, yeah. You, it it's very simple in its premise. Don't go like time travel happens. He, he figured it out. He's going to go back in time. He's going to do all these things. Doc Brown does. Libyans show up. Marty has no choice. He gets in the car. He goes back in time. What does he do? He starts interacting with everybody, runs into Doc Brown. He's like, no, 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 no. You can't do this anymore. Right. And then he realizes, wait, you just met your mother and now she's in love with you? This is heavy. Yeah, oh, yeah, there's yeah, that word again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is lighthearted and fun it's and it's great. like it's, it's a romp through the time and, yeah, and it's, it's great. It's brilliant. But Star Wars? Yeah, I'm with you. Know, you. I'm Terminator? With you. I'm with you. Look, I, I'm a huge fan of time travel. So if done well, I'm a sucker for it. Sure. You know, like one of my favorite horror movies of all time, which um, I think I've told you this before. You've given me kind of a blank expression. Sure. Because a lot of people are like, like, I don't know, consider this a horror movie. But to me, it's an absolute horror movie. And that's 12 Monkeys. Yeah, I did give you a blank because it doesn't really feel like a horror movie for me, but yeah. I like your reasoning behind yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And for me, what I love about 12 Monkeys is the time travel element of it. Mm-hmm. You know, and like somehow blending time travel with like mental psychosis. Yeah. You know, and like how the time traveler itself, every time you continue to time travel, you keep getting more and more psychologically confused, you know? Sure. So it was very, very well done. And then you have obviously the Star Trek time travel, the Back to the Future time travel. Um, you know, I thought Endgame did a a decent job with it, you know, like to me the Endgame uh Endgame feels like like all good things. I mean like mm-hmm. if, if you've seen all good things, 
Endgame, I think, is very, very similar to it. Yeah. You know? Uh, in it, yeah. I, I can look, keep talking about all, Endgame, but... The, the, more, the more that we talk about it, the more I'm going to change my... Um, I'm going to change my percentage of probability of time travel okay. from 2% to 0.5%. Okay. I'm with you on that one. I just don't see how they can make I that work. I just don't see it because uh, I'm with you. It's like it's like enough – like how stupid can you possibly get with this franchise? Yeah. Like how, like how hard do you have to try to completely sink it? Yeah. That, that would be it. And, I, and I've seen a number of people in the chat room that, that bring up the world between worlds and they say it's a thing. Accept it. Now, how many times have we seen the movies utilize anything in the, in the supplementary canon materials? It's very rare. Almost nothing. Um, Books, comics, TV shows. I think maybe your only hope at that is in the prequels. Mm. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe because like you have that one Jedi um, who you see for like a split second in the prequels um, that um, that gets quite a bit of um, – so I believe it was from episode two to three, you get the Clone Wars animated series. OK. Is that correct? Or did the Clone Wars animated series come post episode three? The post episode three, oh yeah. No, 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 no. The uh, came after the movies came out. Not the um, not the uh, uh, CGI one. I'm talking about like the sort of like cel shaded one. Oh, you mean the uh, uh, what is it? The Samurai Jack creator yeah, yeah. one. That is a good question. I don't that know. I don't chat, have the answer chat. to. Hit us up, chat. Uh, did the Samurai um, Jack Clone Wars animation series come between two and three, or it's did it come post Tartakowski. Um. Let's see if I could find it. And we got here Clone Wars animated. We got – give me a date, you damn thing. I can't find it. It's no 2003. date? 2003. 2003. Thanks, Cody. Cody coming in with the with the buzzer beater. So that is pre – Yeah, because Revenge pre- of the Sith is 2005. 2005, right. So we did get it before and then the, and then the animated Filoni version came after yeah. so episode there, three. There's a character in that thing, uh, the uh, kind of aquatic character. I forget his name. Right. Unkar Plu, uh, got, no. Uh, no, no, no. I, uh, you guys are going to kill me. If Ken was here, he'd know it and yeah. whatever. You know who I'm talking about. There is a character that wears like a mask that has this whole – kicks everybody's ass. Mm-hmm. Um, God, uh, he's the one with like, with like the dreads. It's, he's I know who you're badass, talking about. Oh, yeah. Jedi. Mm-hmm. He is in Revenge of the Sith and doesn't really do much in Revenge of the Sith. He's one of the Jedi that comes with Mace Windu as he's well. He's one of the Jedi that comes with Mace Windu. He's also in, in, in Clone Wars – Oh, I'm sorry. Attack of the Clones. You see him in the big fight at the end. Yeah, he's the one that pushes 3PO over. Oh, God. What's his name? Um, I don't know, man. Uh, I don't God, do This is why them. people are like like petitioning for us to not – Kit Fisto. Thank Kit you Fisto. So, there, yeah. Thank you so much. There it is. Thank you. I, I mean I know who he is. I just don't know the name. So yeah. that's why we have you guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Kit Fisto is actually a big part of that animated series. Yeah. Not such a big part of Revenge of the Sith even though he is there. Right. So my point is is that when it comes to – non-movie material influencing the movies, the prequels actually do a pretty pretty good job of it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, getting back to the whole world between worlds, though, and the Star Wars movies, the canon, I couldn't imagine my mother walking in to see The Rise of Skywalker and World Between Worlds pops up and they start talking about it. <laughs> my mom would be out. She'd be, huh? What is it? Like, you're talking about a wide audience here. 
of Star Wars fans that only watch the movies. There's a lot of those. It's yeah. just the movies. They don't maybe pay attention to a lot of the supplement stuff like the books and the comics. And I don't I don't see I think that would alienate a large contingency of the audience. Although it would be great for fans like me of the series and be like, oh, yeah, they finally tied it together. They should have been doing that from day one, but they haven't. So that would be a curveball to the face if all of a sudden it was like, by the way, there's time travel. It's called World Between Worlds. Here, go to this portal. we got to go to Lawful. What? <laughs> Who? Right. Who right. Are you or like travel through this portal yeah. when you see uh, Palpatine, grab him. Grab him, yeah. Just like in uh, Bill and Ted's. Yeah, exactly. Gag him and then bring him back through the portal. Yeah, make a right at the first Death Star in 1977 <laughs> right. and then wrap around in 83 oh, and pass God. the other Death No, I, I, I don't see it First working. Of all, what I love about this time travel theory more than anything is that it's completely cleaned the slate for me. Because now I have no idea what this new movie is about. Good. I, yeah. Officially, now I have no idea what what this new movie is about. Yeah. I, you know, because, I because I still don't even know what this new trilogy is about. <laughs> well, and I look, you know, maybe I'm stupid, but I still do not understand what this new trilogy is about. I mean, I think it's been this this trilogy, and I and I think that we're going to get the answers. Let's hope. I'm crossing my fingers, but I think it truly is about. I think it's about finding balance in the force. I, I think it is, and okay. I think it's about building a new set of Force users that are going to pick up the mantle of Skywalker. <laughs> I do. I'm sorry. You don't I'm like sorry. that? I I like it. It just like it's a, and it's all about Rey, and it's I about mean, it's rebuilding. So it's so vague. It's, it's like, very vague, it's and so we vague. we got zero backstory on. Right, we got zero Luke's. supporting evidence that that's what it's about. It, it, it's <laughs> yeah, I mean, but but for what the, would you by Empire Strikes Back? Yeah. What would you say the trilogy was about or the movies were about? I think by Empire Strikes Back, I think that it was about how this ancient religion of the Jedi was the only hope to overthrow this tyrannical empire that was like this totalitarian government oppressing the galaxy. Yeah. And I think that um, there was this ancient religion that – was so powerful that even one dude that barely even knew that he had this power, that it that's how powerful it was that it could overthrow the entire empire. Sure. I mean this, know, is but, st- this is still a – this is still a good versus evil, but it's – we can't say but, I don't know what this is about until we see the last movie in the, right. in the trilogy. I know, but like – yeah. Now, if it comes out, to your credit, if it comes out – and they do time travel or whatever, <laughs> and then I walk out, or they're going, "Well, fuck!" They went back in time and they killed Baby Emperor, and they won't do and that. now they as won't I know, they won't. But yeah. ju- I'm just doing a what, uh, like a what if scenario. But and we walk out of there, and there's still a, I don't know, I don't know what the state of the galaxy is. I don't know what the, you know. But I, I don't want to. I can't really judge. I find it. It's, it's it's the balance yeah. of the force. And it has to do with Rey and Luke did his thing and you know he tried to build a Jedi Order again and history started repeating itself and there's something in there. There's some deep themes going on there that yeah. I enjoy that I know you know some people don't agree with me. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Um, but that's what I'm feeling. Yeah. That's what I feel. I, I hope that um, – I don't know. I, I, um, I just hope that this new movie – is so cool that it gets everybody's imagination excited about the future of Star Wars, right? Like that's, I hope so. That's my biggest hope for it because one thing 
that I will agree with um, after watching the Red Letter Media, um, you know, um, speculation video, mm-hmm. uh, which I thought was actually pretty insightful, even though obvious, but definitely insightful, is that J.J. Abrams is an incredibly talented director. Yeah. Like, there's no doubt about it. You know, like the guy is just a great director. Mm-hmm. He understands pacing. He knows how to direct the shit out of uh, actors. He's got a great eye. He's absolutely, there's no doubt about it that he's got a very powerful style. Yep. Now, when you look at his screenplays, his screenplays have never been good. You can't think of one that's good. I mean, I like, mean, you know. He didn't really write Lost, right? That's Damon Lindelof and Carlton Cuse. Yeah. And I would say, oh, Lost is clearly his best work because Lost is a fucking masterpiece. Well, he, he wrote Regarding Henry, man. That's a good movie. First of all, that is a good movie. Did J.J. Abrams write Regarding Henry? Yeah. Fuck, he, I didn't know that. Yeah. That is, first of all, it's a great movie. It's a great movie. Good for him. Hated his Superman flyboy, uh, flyby one because he, he – talk about retconning. Which one, 8mm? No, no, no. Oh, he, Super 8. Super he, 8. He, no, Superman. J.J. Abrams was hired by Warner Brothers at one point to write and possibly – well, he wasn't going to direct. I think McGee was doing it. Maybe Brett Ratner was in there somewhere. But he wrote the script for Superman colon flyby. Oh, I never this, even heard of this. And this. You talk about – oh, boy. You talk about retconning things. You talk about taking some creative license. That movie ends with Lex Luthor being known as a Kryptonian that was on the planet before Kal-El and flies off. Krypton never blew up. There was a civil war happening and they sent Kal-El into, uh, to Earth. And so it was this dual thing going on and that was J.J.'s idea for Superman. No, <laughs> no, I, look, no, you no, love no, no, soup, no. soups a lot more than I do, even yeah. though I love them too. Um, I'm a Spidey guy, as we both know, and, and I'm close second to Spidey know, for uh, me. I love soups too. Yeah, I love soups too. Um, but uh, JJ, I don't believe JJ wrote. Maybe he did write the pilot for Lost. I always thought it was Carlton Cuse and and and, and um, yeah, and uh, Damon Lindelof. Uh, I know for sure he directed the pilot for Lost. Yeah, I mean that you know that's that's for sure, um, but. You know, yeah, back to my point. It's just like J.J. is going to need a great script for this to work. And none of the usual characters are in the mix, right? Like there's nobody working on the script that is from the old guard, right? So, so there's no more Kasdan. Right. Which I think might be a good thing, right? There's no Michael Arndt that worked with Lucas on the original Episode 7 mm-hmm. script. There's no Lucas. It's for the first time, you know, they're not using Colin, you know, Trevorrow's yep. uh, script. script is Trevorrow's not script, being used. Yep. Not being used. The one that like Mark Hamill loved. And by the way, I did another total non sequitur. And I know people hate when I do this, but uh, <laughs> I did another picture of um, of Mark Hamill a little bit older. Yeah. Like what if like like it's kind of Mark Hamill in his prime or Luke Skywalker in his prime post conquering the Empire. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Hamill gave it a like, you know? And oh he did. So, so, nice. <laughs> so thank you, Hamill, for supporting That's great. our you know he gave a lot, but Yeah, he gave a lot of likes uh, to the to, to having Nathan on the show sure, of course, and of got course, him out of there. So we're always it's happy made, to support. It's made so my look, day. Um, I think we have ten minutes. We want to do some questions. Let's do some questions, you guys. You know, I think we, we got the time travel out of our system. A little yeah. It's not happening. Uh if it does, yeah, I saw I saw something in the chat. It's like I love that Riley's breaking point is he does have a breaking point in Star yeah. Wars. Yeah, look, it first can't of all, happen. I'm so happy to hear that I finally discovered Riley's breaking point, and that's if if Star Wars introduces time travel in the saga films. Yep, I will George Costanza this. <laughs> I'm out, <laughs> right. and I'm out the door. So look, I think you. 
rest easy because I only give it about a um, point yeah. two per, uh, point, point two. F- It keeps going down. 0.5. Between 0.2 and 0.5, I mean, like, basically zero. Yeah, I don't think, I I don't even think JJ would want to do that. I I don't think it's even on their radar. So um, I think it's fun and it's a fun conversation. This is is what we do as we're leading up to Rise of Skywalker. There's not a lot of news out there. There's not a lot of news out there. So hit us up with some questions. You know, Uh, we want to see them. We're in the chat right now. Uh, Why is the symbol different? Uh, Where'd that go? Why is the symbol different? For the Sith Troopers, asks, asks Hawks Holocrons. I haven't seen the new symbol. I saw it. What? What? It's not the Empire symbol. Or no, the... it's a it's a it's a new kind of symbol. Let me uh, see. I like I Let like the symbol. Up. Let me bring it up. Now, I would just assume um, to answer your question is that this is maybe they're trying to bring up the a new order of Sith. You know, maybe that's the First Order's plan all along was to bring back the Sith and create a Sith army and. Maybe they're getting back and you know get rid of Darth Bane's rule of two, and they want to bring the Sith back, and that was the plan all along. Where's the, I don't know. Where's the Where's the symbol? I don't see the symbol. Uh, yeah, we got to find it. Let me see if I can find it. Uh, if anybody has any, I don't know if you can. Can you drop links in here? I don't know. Uh, but uh, I'm not Sith seeing the symbol. symbol I want to check this out on Sith Trooper. It was cool. I mean, I think it had a. Uh, let me. I'm trying to figure it out. Here we go. Let's see if I can find it. Don't you guys love the dead air when we're on our uh, computers doing some research? <laughs> I yeah. can't find it myself. You know, it's hard to say because I just saw it. Um, and uh, Achilles de Flanders, uh, I do have eyes. I know you keep asking the same question, but uh, yes, I have eyes, and they're right here. <laughs> yeah, is that really your Star Wars question? Hold Get on, the hell we, out we of here. got um, we got Jeremy. Jeremy Johns is watching this show. Is he really? Jay Jones. I yeah, love it. He says – he sent me a video. He said to speak, uh, skip to 45 seconds. This is what having um, – I love this. We have Jeremy Jones watching the show. I don't see you enough, Jeremy. We got to do our Hoth recreation of Luke hanging upside down in the Wampa Cave. <laughs> from, the, uh, from the old classic Batman animated series. I got to watch this thing. It is funny. Yeah. That's funny. I have no idea what you're watching. <laughs> this is great radio right now. Anyway, Mark Fernandez that. watching sorry a video on a sorry live show. That. Sorry about that. Sorry about that. Um, Sith troopers have the symbol of the Sith. Yeah, that's what I thought. Well, I, I I don't know if it's yeah, new or what. what but is there a new symbol? Yeah. Uh, uh, Stephanie Stephanie Hayner asked, "Will I have stormtroopers at my wedding?" No, uh, because oh, okay. I want my I yeah, want yeah, yeah. my marriage to actually last. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I don't yeah. think my Riley fiance does a would good go job. For it. Riley does a good job separating his Star Wars fandom from his from his marriage. I need to, even though she, yeah. uh, my fiance loves the new movies and wants to go and yeah. see it, and she loves Ray and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So uh, all right, let me. Uh, if Ray builds a new saber, what color blade would you like it to be? Asks James Desiel. I like that. I mean, because I actually think it's a it's a misdirect. Like they that when they put Hulk in the Infinity War um, end. Yeah, yeah. Same with know? Spider-Man. There's a ton of misdirects. Yeah, the, yeah, misdirect. So because immediately we see it's Anakin's uh, Anakin and Luke's lightsaber fixed blue. I would love to see if she builds her own lightsaber. What color would you give her? Look, I think I think that there's a huge part of that equation that's that's not being taken into account, mm-hmm. and that's the 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 kyber crystal. The art form of making a saber, these are things that are not necessarily being 
like taught to her. Yeah. So I think that if she does make a new saber, it, it's going to be blue because she's only got one kyber crystal that we know of. That's true. In the galaxy that we know of. Right. There's right. really only one. There's really only two lightsabers that we know of. Yeah. In the world of the sequels, there's two lightsabers. There's Kylo Ren's and hers. And hers. And that's yeah. it. So I would love to see that. You know, we haven't really seen that. We talked about this on the show. Um, her going to find a kyber crystal. What is that like? Right. Pull in some Rogue One flavor in there. Unite those trilogies or unite those movies together. I would love to see that. And I tend to like my Echoes. Yeah. Green lightsaber. Right. Third movie. You know? I mean, they'd probably do that. In, it's a little it, too on the nose. It'd make no sense, but I could yeah. see them doing that. I could see it happening yeah. too. I'd also go with a little Mace Windu action and bring back another purple lightsaber. That'd be fun. Yeah. Um, one thing that I want to get out there real quick before the show ends. Mm-hmm. I, I watched Attack of the Clones this weekend. You brought this up. You know? Yeah, my um, least favorite Star Wars movie. And, man, I got to tell you, I think that the, that the, that the, that the space sequence – Nothing to me beats the space sequence that opens up Revenge of the Sith. I think it's awesome. Yeah. That's, but that's one in of terms best. of a dogfight, like a 1v1 dogfight, that fight between Obi-Wan and Django. Django through the asteroid field with the seismic charges is some of the most beautiful sci-fi space combat stuff I've ever seen. I, I, it's just I, absolutely gorgeous. How can I disagree with that? Because it is. It's some of the best stuff. What ruins it for me is is all the Anakin Padme stuff. Right, right. Because we're with – I love when he's on Camino and he's talking to the, the people who are building the clones. And then he has a conversation with Jango Fett yeah. and there's like this something's going on here and you can't tell. And then in the rain, you get Jango Fett doing full Jango Fett that we never got to see with Boba yeah. Fett. Ever made it as far as – Kurosan? Yeah, see, it's great. Yeah, and yeah. Obi-Wan's fighting him, and then you have that great space battle. I'm with you. Yeah. But Attack of the Clones, if I have to listen to Anakin and Padme talk about how they love each other or he hates sand, yeah, I want to yeah, just yeah, like. Yeah, that scene is bad. That scene is bad. Oh. All right, let me. I'll pick a question. Let's get some questions here. Yeah, uh, they've been throwing in some questions. So. Any uh, advice to start making YouTube videos? Starkiller709. Yeah, I have some advice. And I think the best advice that I've ever gotten about YouTube is actually from Jeremy Johns. Yeah. A uh, good friend of the show, good friend of the channel, is that just start doing them. Just like put on – like even if you need a like, – like my buddy Star Wars Theory started with a phone. Right. You know, just get a video camera, open up a channel, start talking about stuff that you're passionate about and put it up there. Put it up there and, and remain consistent. Yeah. I think it's important yeah. to – you know, if you can't get to a video – the day you usually do, try to make it happen because I think you know your audience will come to expect that every Monday Rule of Two happens, right? What happens if Rule of Two is not there? Well, what's going on? What's going on? You want to be consistent. Yeah. And I think that's that's some uh, good advice as well. All right. Let's get another one here. All um, right. Uh, when do you guys think we'll see more from the final season of The Clone Wars? Asked DT3. Um, I think October it's coming soon, right? Yeah, October. I think we're getting in October. I'm yeah. very excited about that. That's another one. I'm that more I can't excited wait for. about that than I think Mandalorian. As crazy as really? that sounds, no, you're a big Clone Wars guy, so yeah. I get that. Yeah. As crazy as that sounds, I'm so excited about that. Yeah, I can't wait for it either. Because um, that to me is the last, like it's all that's left of Lucas's legacy for me. Right, is. Continu- the continuation of the Anakin Obi Wan relationship. Yeah, and that's the last place that we have it. That's very true. Uh, November twelfth, two thousand nineteen, is when we'll see that. That's when uh, oh, Clone okay. Wars season seven. Which will... is also, I think, when Mando comes out. 
Yeah, Mando's right? around the same time. We're going to get a lot – strap yourselves in, folks. You Star Wars fans out there like me and like Fernandez, like all of us, we're going to get yeah. – like once November hits. It's, it's back. He says, uh, what are you most hoping for out of Episode Nine? And I've talked to this – I've talked about this on the show quite a bit. I am most hopeful for a few things. On the low level, sort of fan side of things, mm-hmm. I want there to be a lot of lightsaber action. Me too. Okay? I just want Me there too. to be a lot of fights, a lot of lightsaber, a lot of a lot of good versus evil, mano y mano, mm-hmm. right? Like a lot of conflict, you know, like a lot of the classic, you know, Earl Flynn, you know, classic old like Robin Hood type stuff where it's the good guy and the bad guy. And that's when good guys and, and good or good girls and good whatever bad girls have their conflict is through their dialogue, right? Yeah. Fight, fight, fight. Yeah. Talk, 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 yep. talk, fight, fight. I want stuff like that. But my number one thing that I want is I want the movie to be good so that the fandom can sort of come and b- balance out in, in, in like in its love for Star Wars so that Star Wars has a future because yeah. I am so afraid – that if this movie doesn't knock it out of the park, that Star Wars might go the way of Batman in the late 90s. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you on that because if this movie – if it doesn't do well and it, it, it further declines in the fandom, like I said, if you put time travel in it, Riley's out. Yeah, if for Riley to be out. If, if Riley's out, you got a problem. <laughs> yeah. you get, then Disney's got really problem. got to figure got it out. Problem. And I'm talking reboot kind of stuff. Too, they might like. I would hate to see Disney have to reboot or use that word, and it's like all of a sudden, yeah, we're rebooting Episode Four. And it's reboot like, becomes an option. At kiss, this, like, it's at this like point. kiss my ass, my yeah. God. I don't like that idea. I like the idea, and I'm with you, and I and I appreciate you saying that because I know a lot of people. Sometimes they'll come after you saying you're too negative. Sometimes yeah. they'll come after me. What have you? It's the end of the positive. T- too positive, what it is, or shill. <laughs> right. I'm a shill. Where is that check, by the way? I haven't gotten right. it yet. But the bottom line is what you brought up is that you want it to be good for all the fans to enjoy it so that the legacy will continue. We can get the prequels or whatever uh, Benioff and Weiss are doing. We can get yeah. a Knights of the Old Republic. People get excited about it again and that there's not this like cloud hanging over the franchise like there is right now. Right. And I and I want that as well. Yeah. And so I think that's a good place to end it. Um, thank you everybody for joining us here on Rule of Two. Drop on Mondays. Five o'clock we did this PM PST live. It's episode forty nine. Will Star Wars Utilize time travel? I think we put that to bed. Yeah, they're not doing I it. I think they're not doing it. They're, they're not, not doing, doing it. it. But it was a fun discussion. It was a great and it revealed one thing that everybody has a breaking point. Even Mark Yodi Riley. I do. I do have a breaking point for Star Wars. So yeah. everybody out there listening oh, on the Jedi I can Council. Feel your <laughs> anger. Oh yeah, I went dark side. <laughs> right. I went full dark side there. Uh, thank you again for joining us for episode forty nine of Ruler Two. You can please subscribe and share this with all your friends. Hit that bell over there on the Collider Videos YouTube channel. Subscribe to our state our, our channel here so you can't miss a thing of all the videos that we do. And please comment and Give us a five-star over there on the Jedi Council Podcast One feed where you're getting this as well. And uh, we will see you on an all-new one. Enjoy Comic-Con, everybody who is going. And uh, for all Rula 2, we'll see you next Monday, the same time, same channel, myself and Mark Fernandez. See ya. Rise. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees. Close your eyes and deep sip in. (sighs) 
And deep satisfaction out. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary. We'll get back to your music shortly, but first, did you know that prescription prices are different at different pharmacies? You could literally drive across the street and get a different price. That's crazy. But with GoodRx, you can instantly compare prices at every pharmacy in your neighborhood and save up to 80%. You're probably thinking there's a catch, right? Nope. It's 100% free and can save you money whether you have insurance or not. In fact, it can often beat your copay. Download the GoodRx app today and start saving. GoodRx is not insurance. 